Hallelujah. How's everybody doing today? You feeling good? How many has already experienced the presence of the Lord? Me too. Can't go home yet though. You got to hear me today before the day is over. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just so glad all of you are here. I just feel such a beautiful spirit in the house of the Lord today. I feel such an expectancy. Do you guys feel that too? I just feel a beautiful presence of the Lord. And I know we may have come in with some things that are heavy on our heart. But I'm believing by the time you leave, God's going to give a miracle back to your life. Amen. I'm just going to go ahead and pray this morning. And... Uh, just bless our message this morning. Amen. Father, I thank you today for this awesome time that we have to come together. Lord, to worship in your house. What an honor. What a privilege to be here in this moment. That, God, we never take for granted the time that we can come together corporately to give you honor and give you praise. And we thank you for the prayers that you've already answered here at this altar, God. And I thank you for the prayers that are going to be answered through the rest of this service as they're sitting there. That, God, they're not even going to know what they have need of, but they're just going to feel you in a supernatural way today. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you just remain present in this room. Present in this room. We give you honor. We allow you here, Holy Spirit, to have your way. And we love you and praise you today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. Well, I tell you what, I'm on part two. Thank you so much, Reggie. We're on part two of a series that I started. Uh, if you were not here last week, you missed a good word. I'm just saying, not just because I preached it, but no, honestly, I'm, I mean, it was a good word, but jump online and take a listen to that because as we do series, it's so good to piece them together. So maybe make a morning routine or in your car where you're just popping on faith builders and, you know, our messages are only about 35, 40 minutes long and, and that way while you're cleaning or whatever you're doing, you're just getting the word of God in you, amen. I have a morning routine. I listen to a preacher every morning, not myself, but I turn on a man or a woman of God that I want that. I know can feed me, encourage me, and there's always something timely. Then we take the word home more than just on Sunday. How many know we need God more than Sunday? Yeah. I need God a lot more on Monday, amen, and a lot more by Friday because the flesh has really kicked up some dirt. But um, anyway, we need to just make a habit of that. So I encourage you to do that. But I'm going to go on to a part two today, and I'm really excited about it. And it's titled Bold Speaking. Last week we talked a lot about just having courageous, bold faith. And so today we're going to talk about bold speaking. Speaking. And I think we're living in a time where, you know, the Bible talks about there'll be many offended in the last days. And there's so much complaining. And I, I'm just shocked. I get on Twitter sometimes and I'll see a really nice post from um, somebody that posts just something really nice on there. And then I'll read somebody's comments and I'm like, wow, that just made people feel just such a sensitive way. Like I never would have taken that tweet that way. It's like there's such a sensitivity in the world today. And we have such a, a, a complaining spirit in the world today that I believe God wants us just to step up and be bold in our speaking because the world needs to have some hope today. The world needs some good news. Can I get an amen? Like we need some good news. We need some hope. I need some things that's going to stir my joy. I don't need any more bad news. I don't need any more negativity. I need to know what God says about where I'm at and where we're going for Jesus. Amen. So we're talking about being bold in our speaking. And I, I like to hike. I haven't done a lot of it in the last two years, I'll admit. But I did do some. And as you know, as you're hiking the trails, you have a tendency to maybe see some rattlesnakes here in Arizona. And I just imagine if I was walking with a friend and we were hiking on this mountain and, and I saw you know, a rattlesnake, you know, I think for us as Christians, sometimes we feel like, well, I'll just live, I'll live for Jesus in front of them. 
you know, I'll let my light be a light unto, unto, you know, unto their life. And how many know that's good? We should live our life. But sometimes we need to speak up. There's times where just living for Jesus isn't going to be just enough for the world. They need to have a word spoken in, in due season. And so if you're just walking on the mountain with a friend and you see a rattlesnake and you're, you go to the side and you're kind of walking gingerly and safe, but you don't tell your friend because you're just trying to live your life for Jesus. You're just trying to get through it. I'm just going to get through the harm and danger and not trying to warn my friends. And in reality, if there was a snake there, I'm going to make sure everybody I love around me and maybe even people I don't know, hey, there's a rattlesnake up above. Be careful. Maybe take a reroute. Maybe go another way. And I feel like we need to have some bold courage to declare what the Word of God says in this season. We need to warn people of danger. We need to warn people of destruction when the enemy is coming along the way. It's not enough for us to know the truth. We have to lead people into all truth too. And I'm going to tell you today, the world wants the truth. Even if their flesh don't want it, Listen, there's, there's something in their heart that says, I need that truth. And they may come against it and they may kind of fight against it and their ego and pride may, may come up. But when you're speaking truth, you're throwing warning signs into their life. And that's our job as believers, isn't it? Is to throw the warning signs in love. Remember we talked about that last week. We're not going to be crazy, cruel Christians. But we're going to be able to speak the truth in love and speak boldly the way that God would want us to speak boldly. Amen. So my number one point... I I believe boldness is a behavior born out of belief. We talked about that extensively. What you believe is what you'll be able to speak boldly about. If you've ever went to a really good restaurant, you probably told two or three people about how awesome that food was. Why? Because you experienced how good that food was. So I think as we come into experiencing Jesus, when we go back and remember what he did for us, when we remember how we got saved and he changed our life and filled us with joy, when we remember we got filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, how it brought our purpose to life, and it, we got to lay hands on the sick and see them, see them recover. When we remember the good things of God, I'll believe that that experience is so amazing that I have to tell people about it. We feel in this world that I've got to know, I don't know the right words even, but we feel like we need to know the Greek and the Hebrew and exactly the way it is all written. And it's good to not be a dumb Christian. I'm not saying that. But when it comes to the gospel, you just share your love. You share your story. You share your experience. And you share what the word of God says. And we can't be afraid of that. Why? Because God changed my life. I know when God healed me, I'm willing to say, hey, God healed me from depression. God can heal you from depression today. I have to speak that boldly because it's what God did in my life. Amen? So my first point this morning is we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. What do we believe deeply inside of our hearts? Do we believe that God is the God of the earth today? Do we believe that he is the great I am? Do we believe that the word of God is yes and it is amen and it accomplishes that to which it's sent? Or have we poured so much garbage of doom and despair into our souls that we maybe have lost our belief that God is greater than any circumstance that's in the world today? That God is the God of miracles. God can pay my bills. Hallelujah. God can give me favor. God can give me promotions. I believe that so deeply. So however deeply you believe in this season is how bold you're willing to step out. 
And we're studying in the book of Acts, which is, I encourage all of you, if you just don't know where to begin in the Bible, get in Acts chapter 1 and just start reading that this week. And let it build your faith and let it give an image of what the church of Jesus should look like because the church isn't just Sunday mornings. It's a huge part of that, and I'll show you in Scripture. And you definitely should come on Wednesday nights and hear about the ecclesia. And if you can't get here, get online and listen to those teachings because it's more than just gathering on Sunday mornings. It's that you are the church. Amen? But in the book of Acts, in the New Testament, they believe so deeply that Jesus died and resurrected on the cross. They believe that their Savior was risen. And so because of that, all through the book of Acts, all you hear is them speaking boldly for Jesus. Everything they did, they did boldly because they experienced and they believed that Jesus was the, or is the risen Savior. So I want to show you some things in Scripture today. There's hundreds of times that they spoke boldly, but... I'm going to share three of them quickly with you. But I want to give you a definition of boldly, and I believe they're going to put it up on the, on the screen. But it's boldness, and it's the word parousia. And it means this, a divine enablement that comes to ordinary and unprofessional people. Stop right there. I said this last week, that eliminates all of our excuses in this room. You don't have to have a Bible college degree. You don't have to say somebody recognize that you're anointed and called. No, you have Jesus. You have the anointed one and his anointing living on the inside of you. You have an ability to be bold for Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, it goes on to say, unprofessional people exhibiting spiritual power and authority. God, and, and my heart as your pastor, I want to give you permission to walk in spiritual power and authority. It shouldn't just be a handful of people praying at the altars here. It, it's all it is right now because they've been trained, and we want to train many of you. But every one of you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Every one of you can lead somebody to Jesus. Every one of you can share your faith. But you have to believe that God's given you that ability. We've got to remove, I've, always, I've been saying, this pulpit ministry out of our excuse as to why we aren't bold for Jesus. This is just a part of equipping and training, you know, and giving you the word of the Lord in this season. Most of the time when my word comes, it should be a confirmation. It should be like, man, I bear witness to that. Yeah, I just read that in the word. Yeah, I actually just did that. Amen. That's the unity of the church. So we have to be bold in this season. You may feel unordinary. You may not feel spiritual. My dad used to always say this, that, that my dad would say, hey, would you do this in the ministry? And they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I feel led. I don't know if I feel led to do that. And my dad would say, well, he'd throw a pencil at him and say, well, here's all the lead that you need. Now let's get to serving. <laughs> Sometimes we want to put all these equations to what qualifies us to do something for God, and none of that matters. The, the church of Acts that was about to be birthed, they weren't trained, they weren't equipped, but they believed deeply that Jesus was risen from the cross, and they had a message to share that the world needed to hear. And if the world ever needed to hear that message, it's right now. Amen. So let's look at just a few of these scripture verses. Acts 9, Acts 9 28. So Saul moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking what? Oh, do you have it up there? Acts 9 28. Speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He was speaking boldly. Let's look again at Acts 14 3. There we go. Thank you. Uh, it says, So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there. What were they doing? Speaking boldly for the Lord. They were speaking boldly, ordinary people doing supernatural things by the authority of Christ. 
Let's look at the third one. This one, in Acts 4.31, they were under extreme persecution when they prayed this. If you study out this chapter, they had just went through persecution, and they stepped out of it and said, God, give us more boldness. Can you imagine your life being threatened for the gospel of Jesus and you scathe by the skin of your teeth and you step out and go, God, give me more boldness. Nothing's going to hold me back. And this is what they prayed. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is where we talked about last week. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit came. The boldness came through the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God boldly. How do you declare things boldly for people? Through the love and the word of God. It's the word that changes things, amen? It's not our perfectionism. It's just the boldness to step out and be courageous and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. I want to pull up Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And this is how the church was birthed. It was how it was created. And we think the church is coming together every Sunday. That's a part of it, but it's not all of it. This is how they started church. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Now, let's stop right there. What was the apostles' doctrine? So the people that were being saved, they had a doctrine that they preached wherever they went or in their city. They opened up their homes. The apostles' doctrine was this. They preached salvation through Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. That's part of the doctrine. They preached the baptism, water baptism, full immersion, and being, re- and being come up out of the water as the sins are buried and you're set free from your sins, washed away when you come out of the water. And the third one was the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So everywhere they went, when you see and you read in Acts for yourself, when they would share Jesus, you must be saved, you must repent of your sins which is kind of a forgotten word in the church today, that you must repent of your sins. Yes, come as you are. Jesus loves me and all my ugly and all my mistakes, but I must repent of them, get them under the blood of Jesus, amen, so that I can have eternal life with him. They said repent, and they'd come into Jesus. They'd water baptize them in water, and then they'd get filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happened? Signs, wonders, and miracles begin to follow them. That's what the church should look like. So this is how it started. They would preach the apostles' doctrine, and they would fellowship with the breaking of bread and in prayers. What I love about this, and this is how Faith Builders culture has always been, we love community. Even in 110 degrees, I tell the pastors and ours, let's have a barbecue. I want to get everybody together because when we come together, there's a unity, there's a koinonia of eating together. We come together in communion. It builds fellowship and we pray for one another. That's a beautiful picture of the church. And that's why you'll see some of your bigger churches, they have to create smaller churches within the church. Hopefully they do so that they can have a community to belong to. So let's go over to verse 46. It says this. Okay. It says this. So continually daily with one accord in the temple. Right? So what was happening? I guess I got my scriptures mixed up about breaking a bread. That was in the home and fellowship. But let's look at this. So they came to the temple. What does that mean? Daily they went to church. How many of y'all could come to Faith Builders every day? We're talking daily. Oh, thank you. You guys are so awesome. But daily they went to the temple. What? To get the word of the Lord. What is God saying? What are the apostles decreeing? They gathered together to the temple and breaking of bread from what? House to house. So what did they do? They took the word of the Lord and they went back to the houses and they broke bread and they fellowshiped about the word of God. 
So they would invite their neighbors over. They would invite their friends over. And that's how they began to build the church of Jesus Christ. All right, I want you guys to get a picture here. It's not just about inviting them to church. That's a big part of it. But your influence will be your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers. And you can open up your home and you can be bold. And maybe the only thing you can do is say, hey, we're going to pray tonight. Can I pray for any of your needs? You invite them over for food and, and you're just fellowshipping and you're getting to know them. And then say, hey, we're just going to pray tonight. Maybe that's your first step of boldness. God will be with you. He will have the words in your mouth. You'll know exactly what to say and what to pray. And your knees may be shaken. And you may wonder, I don't even know what, what can come out of my mouth. But when you allow yourself to be in a position to be bold for Jesus, he will fill your mouth with all good things. That's what the word says. I think God wants us to get out of our busy lives and be willing to invite people into our lives. Maybe for coffee or whatever it is to say, I'm going to be bold to share my Jesus experience with them. And remember, we talked about some water, some plants, some see the fruit, and that's good. So let's keep going. What does it say? Um, and the Lord, what happened? Praising God and having, can you go back to the other verse 46 really quick? I don't think I finished it. So continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Okay, verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all people. Do you see when you open up your life and say, I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to pray with my friends. I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to share my testimony. The Bible says you'll have favor with all people. Their hearts will be open. It will be pliable. Then what happens? And the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. He added to the church those that were being saved out there. In your homes, in the coffee shops, in the parking lot, at your job, wherever you can share your testimony, the miracles of God can be on display. Church isn't about building and bringing in new church people from other churches. And that's wonderful because they can help build with their gifts and the Lord will transplant people and that happens and, and that's beautiful. But the growth of the church should be the people that we are sharing Jesus Christ with, being willing to be bold and courageous. And my mother is a natural evangelist. Like she'll just, she'll shout Jesus everywhere. She'll chase people down to share Jesus. I so admire that. That is not my first nature. You know, I, I will kind of go in the back door, but she's so bold and courageous and I admire that. But at least be willing to get yourself out of the comfort zone if you're standing somewhere and you're at the gas station and God's like pray for that person I don't know God if I want to pray for them I'm telling you these Holy Spirit's going to begin to speak to you he's going to start moving because he wants the world to experience the supernatural and the world will not come into a church naturally it's just not going to happen but if you're reaching them out there it will change things amen and the Lord added to the church daily. That's how God's going to begin to build the church of Jesus Christ. So as we looked at last week, we talked about um, the, the, the temple of Peter and John when they walked by the man who had been laying there 40 years. Remember the miracle? And he said, look at me. He said, silver and gold I, don't gold I don't have, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And that man, remember, we, he rose up and he walked after 40 years and he had this supernatural miracle. And the Sanhedrin were very angry about this because they didn't want the sound of Jesus back. They thought they had killed Jesus. They thought they had killed this uprising. Well, little did they know the church was about to rise up in a great force. And this is what happened where we picked up from last week, Acts 4, 16. It says this, what are we going to do with these men? He said, 
they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. Listen, when miracles are happening, it doesn't matter what the world says. Even the Sanhedrin said, we can't deny a miracle took place. Listen, there are miracles in this house that cannot be not denied. There are marriages restored because of this house. There are drug addicts that's been set free serving Jesus, and you wouldn't even know who they are. When miracles begin to happen in the world, it shuts the mouths of the religious people and of the, of the devil because you cannot deny a miracle. I know in my years of walking with Jesus, I've had some wonderful manifestations of miracles. And one of them was a, um, let's see, I got three of them down here. Which one do I want to share? It was a girl at my church when I used to do the altar ministry at my other church. And this lady came up and she was full of cancer. Full of cancer. And the doctors basically sent her home and says, there's nothing we can do for you. You just need to get your affairs in order. You're going to die. And uh, she came up to me just crying at the altar. And I said, well... We are going to decree that you'll live and not die and declare the wondrous works of the Lord. And, and we prayed the prayer of faith. And I prayed for people before with cancer, you know. But this particular one was so special. And we prayed and we just cursed that cancer at the very root. And we commanded it to dry up and, and not produce any more life in her body. And, you know, and then we prayed for other people. Well, two weeks later, this woman comes back to me with a document from the doctor that said, we don't know what happened, but there is no more cancer in your body. This is the God that we serve. Amen. This is what God wants to happen. Listen, not just for me. He wants you to experience. I experienced it when I was 17 and not ordained. God was doing miracles. A lady came up for prayer with a, um, I didn't know what her prayer request was. My dad just had me lay hands on her stomach. So he used me you know, to be there. And um, I had a vision of a cork going straight into her stomach. Like a, like a wine top, you know, the cork went right into her stomach. I didn't know what that meant. And she called back to the church. I happened to answer the phone, and she said she has a miracle. She had been bleeding with a, a horrible ulcer, bleeding internally. And she went back to the doctors, and it was completely dried up. And I'm like, God showed me that. God showed me the cork, but I was too embarrassed to tell her because I'm like, oh, that's so stupid. You know, but I had a vision from God. And that was the greatest feeling to know God moved through me. I'm 17 years old. I'm not ordained. I don't really know the Bible, but I got the opportunity to pray for someone. You talk about build your faith. You're like, who can I pray for next? Like, I, I just feel like uh, out of control. I want to pray for everybody because that's what happens. You get excited. You get bold for Jesus when you begin to see miracles happen. Amen. Many of you in this room have a story of a miracle. That should be your bold story. That should be what you begin. But we get comfortable with Jesus, don't we? We just get comfortable. We've been serving him for so long, and we've lost our first love. And it's really hard to get that umph back after you've been serving him a long time. Pastor Paul sent a video to our pastor and elder text feed, and it was about the decline of Christianity and how it's the worst ever. In, in, I, I don't know it was America. I, I think it was America's statistics. Maybe the world. I don't know for sure. But it was a severe decline of Christianity. And um, I was mulling that over, and I thought, I think it's because the church doesn't know the word of God. We really don't know our faith. We don't know what to stand up for. So we have the opposition of the world telling us just the opposite. So we begin to question our faith. What's that, what's that thing that they're doing right now when they're t not desensitizing, but they're, what's that word where they're taking a, they're deconstructing their faith. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that if you've gone through abuse and all those kind of things. But when you begin to de 
construct the word of God where it talks about sin and it talks about serving God and it talks about purity and righteousness because we have this perverted love for the people that we love then we get away from the truth so people go well I don't think I identify with Christianity anymore because what is in the world today doesn't I don't like what the word says about it so we want to bring the word and the culture into the word, word of God instead of the word of God back into the culture. So we have to be willing as a church to say, I will be like David, and I will stand in front of Goliath, and I will speak the truth boldly in love. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I don't want the rattlesnake to get you. I don't want you to fall in a pit of despair. I don't want you to get a divorce and have somebody else raise your children. I want to give you the warning signs and the help to get you along the way. Somebody say amen. So we need that Christianity, the church, to begin to rise up. I told you, though, I told you, church, probably a year ago, that God was going to use Generation Z, didn't I? I told you that. I'm like, there's something special about Generation Z. And the oldest is 25. I did not realize that. There is a whole movement happening that's called Gens, Gens for Jesus. Have you guys seen it? It is like 10,000 Generation Zs rising up for Jesus in bold declaration. They're worshiping in the marketplace. They're sharing Jesus. They're laying hands on the sick. They're gathering for 10 and 12 hours and praying together. This is exciting. It's a young generation that's going to take it back for us. Amen. Because somewhere we drop the ball in, 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 our, in the American culture of the church. And I'm so excited that this generation, I'm going to be on their coattails. Amen. Don't leave me out. I want to come along with you. <laughs> so let's look at this. Verse 17. But to stop them from this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. They did not want the name of Jesus declared again. We, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them, do not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. What did the Sanhedrin want? They ran the political, they ran, um, they ran the religious, the civil, and the criminal justice system. They wanted to stop the uprising of this Jesus because it could take over the culture. That's the same thing that's happening in the world today. The, cult, the world, the government, all of this evil stuff that's going on wants to push the church down. Don't mention Jesus. Don't mention miracles. Don't mention the blood of Jesus. Don't mention the word of God. They tried to stop them. In Acts 4.17, what did they say? Because they were full of boldness. Peter and John replied, judge for yourself whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and we have heard. I can't help it. If I die, I'll die. If they want to put me in jail, throw me in jail. I don't want to be thrown in jail. I always told Titus, he's going to have to take the bullet for me if anything comes to the church. <laughs> Sorry, Titus. I mean, he's got family. I shouldn't do that, but I don't want to be in jail. I'm not even saying it's going to come to that, but I'm just saying, where are we, church? Are we going to listen to the bullies of the world that is intimidating the church from standing up for what we believe in, being bold as the church of Jesus Christ, or, or are we going to stand up and be who God's called us to be, amen? We don't have any more time to go into the rest of my teaching today. I'm going to go ahead and have the, have the band come up this morning. I want to leave it there, but I want to encourage you today to get your story. If you don't know your own story, maybe you need to make 
give your life to Jesus today. If you can't recognize an experience that you've had with the Lord, today's the day to give your life to Jesus. Amen. And maybe you come to the Lord. Maybe you need to write down your testimony so you know your own story, what God has done in your life, so that when you're in a position where maybe God can call on you to be bold, you'll already have your story ready. Amen. Just like I used to pray to pretend in the mirrors to preach. Pray to pretend to pray for your friends at home. Just pray. Lay hands on the couch and pray for your friend to get saved. Amen. Just practice. Because what you do privately, you'll be more comfortable doing publicly. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. But I believe God is calling his church to be bold in this hour. Be bold. If God gives you a word for someone, give the word. If God wants you to buy someone gas, buy him gas. If you're supposed to bring diapers to someone's house, bring diapers. You never know what that one moment of obeying God and doing, what door God could open up and how you could minister to someone. Amen. There's a lot of Nikki Cruises out there. Maybe not as dark as he was, but a lot of Nikki Cruises who need Jesus. And God wants to use your hand and your feet to share that love and give that love away. Amen. We're going to pray. Just close your eyes. Father, I thank you today for every one of us to step into courageous boldness, God. I pray, God, that we'll be bold with our faith, bold to lay hands on the sick, God, bold to be, not be ashamed of you, Jesus, bold to invite friends to church, bold to invite them to our homes or for coffee, God, whatever assignment it is, I pray that you give us boldness and courage, that God will be like David Wilkerson, Lord. We may feel like nobody, but God, you want to use us for such a time as this. And I want to give everyone the chance to make Jesus the Lord of your life, and we're going to do that together. Whether you already know Jesus or you're saying it for the first time, let's just say this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. I'm asking you to come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Reignite my first love, my joy. Give me boldness to do what you called me to do. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Amen. And that's why it's so important as these classes come around, guys. Rooted, we postponed, but we're going to bring a big promotion and, and bring that back for a date. But I want you to get in Rooted because it's going to teach you your faith. It's going to teach you how to share Jesus in a small group setting. It's going to teach you how to read your Bible and, and do a devotional. Those are things that just coming to Christ, we don't know automatically. We need to learn how to do those things. Amen. So I really want to challenge the church when that comes back around, sign up for it. Maybe you've been serving Jesus for a long time. Sign up anyway. I went through it. I learned some really neat things. I think the pastors and elders did too. There's just some things that it's just so good to go back and to revisit. And if you love it, then you could become a table leader and you can then help other people and mentor them to come in the fullness of Jesus. Amen. We want to make sure we're doing that. I love you all so much. Don't forget about Wednesday nights and don't forget about team night coming up. We're going to have a wonderful time. All right, God bless you. Let's welcome Pastor Paul. All right. Hallelujah. Y'all blessed this morning. Hallelujah. Well, if you're new to our church this morning, uh, we want to, as this church, welcome you here. So uh, welcome. Everybody who is here started on the same day you did, which was the first day. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So just take that for what it's worth and get planted in the house of God and grow like others do and 
And it's an amazing journey that you'll be on and getting plugged in and connected to the local body of Christ. And uh, so important that we do that. Amen. There's a connection card in the seat right in front of you. It looks just like this. You can fill that out. You can put it in the offering plate or take it out to guest services. And uh, we'd like to get to know a little bit more about you so that you can get to know a little bit more about us. Amen. And we'll start with that and build with that and grow with that. It's time to receive our tithes and offerings this morning, and you can get excited about that at Faith Builders Church because God's excited about your giving. He is. God is a giving God. So we can pull up our scripture this morning for uh, tithes and offerings. We can go ahead and read this. It says, when God's people are in need, what does it say we're supposed to do? Be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. When people are in need, you're already ready to help. What a beautiful mindset to have. That I'm expecting to bump into people who are in need and I'm already ready to help. One of the ways you get to do that is through your tithes and offerings, right? There's people walking in this church every Sunday, every Wednesday, who are dealing with difficulty or dealing with problems. They need ministry. They need the gospel. They need, they need the word of God. And we're able to do that through your faithful giving. And so not only looking for people who are in need, maybe that homeless guy or that person behind you in the line at the grocery store or whatever, look for those and be ready but be ready to give to the house of God. Be ready to give and help those whom you would maybe never know how you helped them. I look forward to the day, and it's only when God's ready to take me, but praise the Lord. Looking forward to the day. I walk into his presence for all of eternity, and God looks at me and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I believe he'll speak those words, but I also believe he'll let me see what I did, that I had no idea that I had such a positive influence in, in people's lives. And oh my goodness, I can't believe that I was contributing at that level and how that helped so many people. You too are doing those things. So we thank you as Faith Builders Church for your faithful giving. And we know that you don't give amiss. You give expecting that as you give, you shall also receive in your own life so that you can be more and more equipped or more and more ready to give to the needs of others. Have, Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for this incredible opportunity to give. We thank you, Father God, for the readiness of this church to give and that they give with a pure heart, Father God. We thank you for all the ministry that gets to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand this morning. Let's get ready. Let's say our Faith Builders Church declaration. And we're going to just begin to praise and worship God as we exit this building. So if we could pull up that declaration for all of us to see. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's coming. Everybody say it's coming. It's coming. Well, let's do this instead. Let's just, there we go. All right. Y'all ready? 
So on a count of three, we're going to say our, our Faith Builders Church Declaration. So on a count of three, say, I declare one, two, three. I declare in the name of Jesus, I decree that Jesus Christ reigns here in our hearts, are filled with the revelation of Christ. I decree that every person who walks through these doors shall have a magnificent obsession with the Son of God. I declare that the love of Christ dwells in us richly and the Spirit of Christ fills our heart. This is our declaration. Let's go ahead and worship this morning. And if you are for me, who can be against me? end of our service and again we are so grateful to have you joining us via our online campus now if this was your first time and you didn't do it earlier we would appreciate it if you would click the connect with us link in the description just so we know a little bit more about who you are and where you're joining us from and if you'd like to give your tithes and offerings online there's a link in the description for that as well again thank you for joining us now enjoy the rest of your weekend <laughs>